Hi everyone, this is Deborah and welcome to my podcast once again. I am here today with a new sermon and that sermon is called A Risky Deal. All right, so I've been talking about this uh, on social media that I was going to be putting out a new sermon and this one is titled A Risky Deal. So this talks about, uh, I'm going to be talking about the backslidden Christian, um, you know, being in the church, deciding you want to walk away from the church going through things, being church hurt. I wanted to talk about those things um, in this podcast. And basically the decision, the very important decision in what happens right before you make that decision. Okay. So this is something that um, I wasn't necessarily taught. This is something that um, I've learned through experience Um, This is something that, you know, I even wasn't prepared for in my walk with Christ to think that I would experience certain things that would actually have me thinking about maybe going another way or walking away from Christianity or, you know, not really understanding. So I want to talk about this because so many people are really don't have the insight. Um, We talk about getting saved, you know, coming to Christ, but we don't necessarily talk about what it's going to take to be in the midst and stay in that, um, just in that space. And things can happen all at any time, any moment, but it's really important to be rooted in Christ. So when things do happen, we still understand that, um, hey, Jesus is with us, you know, it's not going to change because something is happening and I've sinned and I walked away and I have fallen short. So I want to talk about that. And I want to just go ahead and um, pray us in. This is going to be a very uh, quick sermon, very short, Um, not as long as I usually do my podcast, uh, because it's just definitely a message that um, God has given me to reveal and to go ahead and talk about. So I want to pray us in. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come to you today, God. I thank you for just what you're doing. Um, I thank you for this sermon that you have given me to be able to speak about and release. I pray for anybody who is on this podcast, whoever needs this message right now. God, I thank you for the urgency uh, in this time, just the urgency to be able to uh, know you and be rooted in you. Thank you for the the uh, revelation just of being rooted in my own life and what is so important about important about being rooted um so lord i thank you for um everyone who is listening or on here today and i pray that if they are seeking a word uh that i pray that they get it from this message uh today so lord use me in this time to be able to deliver your message i pray that you decrease me so that you are able to increase And I give you all honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to get started. And I want to share a little story with you guys just about um, hardship. And some of you guys might already know my story or the different things that I experienced in life. And I'm pretty sure you experienced things as well. So at a very young age, I was uh, experiencing a lot of things in my life. Uh, Just a lot of things that... um, a young child might not people might not think a young child will recognize or understand or experience 
And so I was experiencing those things and I was very aware of my surroundings and I was very aware of what was going on. And so um, at a very young age, I was a Christian. Um, I, I knew God, you know, had the gifts of the Holy Spirit about like four years old. And uh, I went to a school, there was a Christian school at a young age and I learned about the Bible and I learned about Christ. I was in the choir and you know, all those things like that. So um, I started just going through a lot of things even in that time, even as a young age and you know, different spiritual warfare, spiritual attacks uh, where I would get attacked and you know, my feet, my body and just um, you know, my mind, constant ear aches. I was always going through something, you know, and I knew at a young age that these were a lot of uh, demonic, you know, spiritual attacks. And so just about time, you know, when my mom passed away when I was nine, I I was just like, you know, this is enough. I don't think I can take this anymore. I don't think I can go through this any longer. And so, but it never, it never made me for some reason, I never got to the point where I was, I, I cursed God or said, you know, Lord, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not the walk I want to go on. You know, this is not, uh, I'm done with you. I've had enough. I never got to that point. And I guess I, I, I have got, I'm going to talk about how I did get to the point, but I knew he was real is what I'm trying to say. I knew he was real. And I knew that what I was experiencing was was something that was temporary and something that I was going to be going through, but I was still going to be, um, I was still going to be moving forward. And I knew that he was, I still believed in God, you know, despite what I was going through. Does that make sense? So I want to talk about, because there's somebody in the Bible, there's a very important story in the Bible that I love and uh, we hear it. We hear it so much, you know, we, we hear it in the, in the church and the sermons and it's a, it's about, it's in the book of Job and it talks about one of God's servants, Job. He believed on, he believed in God. He trusted God. He was a very faithful man to God and he was tested, you know, and God allowed him to be, uh, allowed him and I said, okay, God said, okay, you know, here's Satan throw him, go kill him or whatever. Um, but he considered him, he allowed him to uh, experience this thing, these things to take him to another level, you know? And I realized that all of this, all of what we're going through is a test. It's, it's like a, a chess game, you know? And, um, we have to realize that what we do and how we, if you're, you know, not even, even if you're not a Christian, but coming into this walk, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. You're going to have problems. You're going to have pain. There's going to be things happening, but there's always someone watching you to see, Hey, is she's going to be able to get through, you know, is, um, is she going to give up? Is she going to curse God? You know, is she going through all this stuff and she's still believing God? Like how she still, how she still believing God, how he's still walking in God and all this stuff just happened to him. And he's still believing on his God. If he, if this, there was a God, he wouldn't be going through this. And so many people believe that when you're Christian, your life is going to, your life becomes better or 
it's it's supposed to be this perfect life as so many people don't accept or they don't give them like their lives to Christ because they feel like you know hey I've already been I'm I'm doing good as a sinner I'm not struggling as a sinner you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm rich as a sinner I'm I'm rich as you know yeah we we sin we all sin but I'm I'm rich I'm rich as a uh as you know unbeliever without God what do I need God for you know and so we have this mentality like okay what do I need God for like okay I don't need him. I'm doing better without him. Before I, when I got in him, I'm going, I'm doing worse than I, than I was doing when I was before him. So, so many people, when they go back, they feel like, you know, I'm going back because I can't take, I cannot take any more of this, any more of these attacks and any more of this. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to go ahead and go back to where I was in the world because I was better off in the world. And I'm going to talk about this, this risky deal, this risky deal. I'm going to talk about the deal breaker and what happens in the mist and the, just the dream that God showed me and what happens in the midst of you making that decision, that powerful decision after, after, you know, being, even before you're being saved, even before giving your life to Christ, what happens before giving your life to Christ is the same thing that happens when you're getting ready to make that decision to leave. It's the same exact thing. It's not even saying, Hey, you're leaving. It's like saying, you know what? I'm going to just go back to where I've I was before and it's the same pool the same risk the same jump the same doubt that you had when you decided that you were going to do it you know and so I'm I'm in a chapter I'm in Job chapter one and I want to say I want to I'm on verse seven all right so no verse six I'll start in verse six it says one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with him. Look at this. Listen to this. The angels came to present themselves to the Lord. These, these, the angels, uh, they, they, um, they report back. They report back to, to God. All right. They report back to God. So it says the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. All right. And it says the Lord said to Satan... Where have you? So let me, you know what? Let me go. Let me go back because I want you guys to see the complete. Uh, there we go. I want you guys to see. Um, I want you. I'm gonna start from. I'm gonna start from the pro. The, from the beginning. So this is chapter one. It says, "In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job." This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and he had a large number of servants. See, Job was a millionaire, y'all. He was a, he was, Job was a billionaire back in the day. That's what he was. It says he wasn't the greatest man among all the people of the East. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. So he was not only rich, he was noble. He was respectful. He was kind and he was faithful to God. It says his sons used to hold feasts in their homes on, on their birthdays. And they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run into course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering 
for each of them. So back in the day, they had to use burnt offerings. So they had to burn, you know, animals and different things like that. The blood would go as a, a sacrifice and if, if they would know if it was accepted to God. So this is the Old Testament and this is what they did back in the day. When Jesus came in, we no longer have to really do that anymore. So it says, perhaps my children have, children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came, also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. See, see, listen to this. People would say, why would Job, why would Job give, why would Job tell Satan to go mess with, with, uh, with him? Why would he do something like that if he's supposed to love Job? See, see, to really understand this book and really understand this Bible, God was saying, you could go, I, okay, you, you trying to, he, he, you trying to, you looking for somebody who you can mess with. Have you considered Job? Job is the most, he's, he's rich. He's, he's noble. God was getting ready to test his, his faithfulness was going to be tested. And guess what was going to happen at the end? His faithfulness was going to be tested, but not only was when his faithfulness got done being tested, Satan was going to look like a fool at the end. Cause he was going to see, okay, I, I know I can, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put Job through so much stuff. He going to have to curse God. He going to have to turn away. He going to have to say, he hate God. He going to have to leave and go back because I'm going to put him through all of this stuff. He not even going to want to look at God no more. This was hit. This was Satan's. This is what he's constantly doing. He's, he's constantly doing this to earth, to us in the earth and in the body of Christ. This is what he does. He's constantly looking, roaming, looking to see who he can devour, who he can turn away from God. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. And it says, it says, does, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? Look, listen to this. So Satan said, you want me to go, t- you want me to go test him, but you got a hedge around him. You got protection around him already. I can't, I, you know, I can't touch him. You got all this protection around him. So you, you, you telling me you want me to mess with him, but you protect him. That ain't going to work for me. So he said, so, so listen, to this. he said, you have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds and spread through the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has. And he will surely curse you to his face. So look, Satan says, if you curse everything he got, in, if I uh, curse everything he got, he going to curse you. Basically, like, if you take everything away from him, so he's testing his faithfulness. His faithfulness to God is getting ready to be tested. Satan is saying, I bet if I, I, bet if I mess up everything in his life, he going to curse you. I bet he's not going to love you anymore if you stop giving him what he wants. How many people of us only love God when we get what we want? We only say, you know, glory to God when we're not going through stuff and we... We're, we're going through the, the worst of the worst and we're we're going through things and that's the only time we love God. This is what he's saying. He's saying, you know, I bet you take all this stuff. He going to go through stuff. He going to curse you like everybody else. He not going to love you no more. So this so he was challenging uh, God. And this is what he this is what he does. 
Satan does this all the time. He goes up to God. You know, you ain't y'all ain't nothing up here. All y'all do is sit up here and try to do something. Y'all ain't nothing. So then we, it's like humans are kind of like the middleman. You know, it's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and test and see. Let's see then. We're going to see then if you want. You think you so fly, we're going to see. So it says, so it says, the Lord said to Satan, very well. Then everything he has is in your power. Listen to this. He allowed, God allowed this to happen. Meaning he moved himself out the way. He said, but on the man himself, do not lay a finger. So he says, you can test him. Listen to this, y'all. Listen to this. He said, you can test, you can do anything you want, but you cannot kill him. You cannot, you cannot put death upon him. But everything else you can do. Keep it. Look at all this, y'all. Your finances, your your health, all of this stuff. Satan is now have control of. He Job don't have a hedge of protection to in him no more. So he he Satan has control to do whatever he want to do. So it says, then Satan went out from his presence of the Lord. He left after he said that. He just needed the right away. And look at this. Look how, look how, look how powerful this is. Satan got to go ask God. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to what I'm saying. Satan has to go get permission from God. Satan got to go. He got, he had to go ask God to mess with one of God, one of God's chosen. He has to have, he has to have permission. He has to be allowed it because he cannot, he don't have the power to. That's important. See, see, y'all, I don't think y'all hear me right now. Satan has to go. He knows that God's chosen is protected with a hedge of protection. Meaning when you in God, the enemy could try to kill. He can't kill you because you are protected. He can't, he can't do nothing that, he, that God ain't going to allow him to do. That's important. That's why he said, okay, I'll move, remove the hedge, but don't touch him. You can't kill him, though. You can do everything, but you can't kill him. So it says, one day, one day, Job and his sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the other, at the uh, oldest brother's house. A messenger came to Job. The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were gazing nearby. And then Sabines attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the word. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So look. We're gonna we're gonna stop here. I'm gonna tell y'all because you you it's, this is in verse uh, chapter one. I mean uh, Job chapter one. If you go ahead and read the book of Job, because I want you guys to read this story as well. I don't want to read the whole story because I want you guys to read the story. But I'm I'm making the I'm making a point of this. When you're gonna see in the story, the enemy Satan tempted Job, killed off the cattle. <laughs> Y'all not listening to me. Killed off every single thing he had. He said the only person who survived was a messenger for me to come tell you. It says while he was still speaking, another messenger came. Listen to this. The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheets and the servants. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. 
while he was still speaking, another messenger came to the to him and said that the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and, and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came. Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck all four of the corners of the house and it collapsed on them and they are dead. Ooh, how many of y'all lost family members? How many of you lost family members and something close to you and after that you left God? You said, you know what, I don't God I God, I don't believe in you no more. You took my family. How could you how could you be God and you took my family? How could you be God and you allowed me to go through this this rape? How could you be God and you allowed me to get beat on by my by this person? You know, and see I ain't see I I didn't know I didn't know this scripture at a young age, but I knew. I used to say it ain't God's fault. It ain't God's fault. It ain't God's fault that this going through me. This is I knew this at a young age. I felt this. See, God allows things to happen to us, but He don't. He don't say this. Oh, I want this to happen. Yeah, you, yeah. If you're going through judgment, you know there's judgment. But see, Job wasn't being judged. See, a lot of people, y'all got people, pastors, and these different people telling y'all y'all being judged and y'all in trouble, and you you gonna be cursed and it, and you you curse because you didn't do this. You curse because you didn't get that money. You curse because you still in that relationship. You curse, then that's not true. None of that is true. See, God is not gonna. God ain't gonna curse you. God will discipline you and he will allow things to happen. But just because he allows things to happen. Ooh, look at this, y'all. He knew, see, he knew Job was faithful. It said, at and this time Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. It said, then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And all this, Job did not sin Ooh, by charging God with wrongdoing. You guys, listen to this. Because I want you guys to read. You can go read chapter 2. This is the end of chapter 1. It says, After all of this, Job fell and shaved his head. And he still did not. I don't think y'all understanding me. This is how faithful, his, how faithful Job was. He still didn't charge God with wrongdoing. After this happened, he said, the Lord gives and the Lord take it away. Okay, God, if this may be your will, you have taken away. You took away that boyfriend. You took away that house. You left this. You, you, I'm struggling with this. Okay, God, I get it. See, a lot of people not content. We, we, we only faithful to God when things going right. We only we only praising the Lord, hipping and, and skipping in church when things are going right and when things are going wrong. We want to run and scatter and everything and figure out what's going on. And we don't and and God must be cursing me because things are going wrong. Cause we are not rooted. So I want to get into the backsliding. See, if you go more into the story, you'll see how even Job's friends started to tell him he was doing something wrong. A lot of us not doing nothing wrong. That person ain't died because it was your fault. Sometimes it, it, it ain't it ain't got nothing to do with you. So what happens is when we get into this point 
of this deal breaking this this point of where okay we're getting ready the risky deal we're getting ready to make a deal we're getting ready to say okay you know what i'm gonna curse god and be done with this because i'm going through all this stuff and i can't handle anymore or i'm gonna stay and i'm gonna be steadfast see this is the test the enemy the satan satan the main reason why satan left heaven and and, and decided he was gonna betray and leave was because he was looking for power he felt like hell heck i could do this on my own if i could do i could do this on my own i could i could get all my followers and all this stuff and i could do this stuff on my own what we listening to god for we don't need god he was saying we don't need god's covering and so when you're in the world and you're moving in the world and you got your money and your bills and all this stuff already paid because you got your money. Yeah, you're going to think you don't need God. You don't need God covering. Everything is all right because you don't you don't need him. You feel like you don't need him. That's what you think. But wait till some stuff start happening and you start losing everything. And you don't understand. And you don't got no explanation. And you're broken. All your money gone. Your inheritance is gone. Your family dies. Then what? Most people, when they go through a crisis like that, they start turning to God. They try to turn to God when they're going through this thing because they're trying to look for uh, what's going on. But you didn't need a covering, though. You didn't need God. You, uh, you, if you had these other gods, these agnostic gods, these other things, you was good. You, you didn't, you didn't really understand the the the, the, the God of Abraham. You know Jesus Christ. That what you you didn't need all that. And so, when we are in the situation of the risky deal when we're getting ready to make that decision we're on a tightrope we're we trying to figure out hey hey i don't know what's going on but i'm going through all this mess man i'm done with this i'm about to go back i don't believe in god no more man forget this i'm gonna go back to the way i used to be because i was i was i wasn't being attacked when i used to be attacked i wouldn't be an attack like i'm being attacked now and you know how many I, i'm telling you i went through this through this i was going through, through this attack and i said god you know what you know going through christians treat me like crap at the church you know christians be having the enemy be using christians people in the church i said god if your church is like this then i don't want to be here and god said that's not the point you're not here you're not at church for them you're not going into you you you're here to worship me You, you got a relationship to worship me. This relationship is not about them. This is a relationship. This is not a religion. So many people judge people for staying at home, reading their Bible and worshiping at home because they're not going to church every Sunday. You don't judge somebody because they don't go to church every Sunday. As long as that person in is, is in fellowship, they might be watching. they might be watching church online. You don't know what they're doing. And that hedge is around them. But what happens is when you turn your back, that hedge ain't that hedge ain't protecting you no more. And just because you're not going through some stuff in the world and it was easy for you when you wasn't believing in God, that don't mean it's, it's better. That, and see, that's how, that's how Satan tricks us. You know, if you go, you're going to start getting attack mode. You're going to, he going to attack you anyway. You sitting there enslavement. You don't realize you're enslavement until you woke up. Got to do them drugs every night. You you're not even feeling you you feeling in bondage. You depressed. 
And when you stop doing it, you don't, you don't, we wonder why, why I'm feeling depressed once you stop doing it. Cause you stuck in it. And, and if the enemy can get you to feel like, Hey, you know, I don't got to give my, I don't need to, I don't need to see the goal is eternal life. When you are in Christ, it ain't just, okay, you know, I die, I die and I go in a casket and that's it. No, you, there is eternal, eternal life. You don't die. There is a holy of holies. There is a heaven. There is life after that. And I'm going to share this dream I had. And it's in this dream. I was in hell in this dream. God allowed me to witness uh, being there. A lot of people see heaven and hell. I've seen, I've experienced both, but I've experienced this. And I I remember... I was in like a council or something and it was this soul. It was this person on earth and it was this soul there. And I seen all these demons or whatever around it. And I saw myself and I was like a a defendant. I mean, like a, a lawyer or whatever, like representing this soul. And so we were, me and this other, these demons were fighting over this specific person's soul. And I saw myself preaching out scripture and, and, and the demons were throwing out scripture too. They knew scripture too. The demons were throwing out scripture and manipulating scripture. And I was putting out scripture and we were fighting. We were like warring for this person's soul. And see, the demons were throwing out souls, uh, scriptures too, because they were trying to win this person's soul as well. And, it, and God revealed to me, he said, yeah, demons know scripture. They they know how to get you to, uh, you know, oh, you could, uh, you could do all that and still be saved. You could slide in that and you can dip in that and you can, you still Christian. You could be a Christian witch, you know, you can dip in the stuff and you can still be saved. See, I know the, I know the scriptures too. And his soul was crushed and it was lost. And I saw myself, I mean, I was exhausted trying to, you know, we warring and that that's how we was warring through scriptures. This is how we were, this is how we were. And, and I woke up and God revealed to me, he said, this is the war. It was serious. It was gruesome. It was crucial. It wasn't a game. And so a lot of us, a lot of us. Or experiencing this right now. We're experiencing this. We we don't know what we want to go back. We don't know what to do. We're we're battling with this. And we want we 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 wanna um let go. We wanna curse God. We want to do all this stuff and we we decide, you know, we don't know. We like, you know, I'm going through all this stuff as a Christian. I wasn't going through any of this stuff. But it says, the Bible says, blessed is the persecuted for his name's sake. Blessed are the ones who are persecuted for God and for standing up for Jesus and for following God. Job was called a blessed man. Job was blessed. And you know what? At the end of the word, at the end... You'll see it when you read at the end of the story. Job was Job was restored a hundredfold for everything he lost. You'll you'll see that in the story. He was restored a hundredfold 
because he was faithful to God. And even his friends said, curse God and die. Just curse God and die, Job. Just give up because you you trying to hold on. Just curse him and die. Curse him and die. His friends said, curse him and die so you can stop going through this. So the enemy can stop putting this on you. Curse him and die. That's what his friends told him. Just curse God. Just give up. Just stop. Just give up and just let it go. You know, when you be so in so much pressure, just pull the plug. Don't don't pray that God going to heal you. Just go ahead and pull the plug. This is what his friends was telling him to pull the plug. Because his friends was tired of seeing him going through all of that stuff. They said just curse God and die. He had bumps all over his face, broke out. He The enemy effect, uh, uh, had him blisters all over his body. After he killed off everybody, he put sickness on his body. And they said curse him and die. There's nothing else for you to live for. Look at you. Look how you look. You lost everything. Just die now. You're done. But I want to tell somebody today, you're not done. God isn't finished with you. He's not done with you. He wants you to get up, fight, and realize this is a spiritual fight. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual war. This is not the end for you. And I want to encourage you, if you are experiencing a, a point in time where you're trying to make a decision, even as you're trying to make a decision to come into God, or if you're trying to make a decision, you, you, don't, want to, you don't want to do it anymore. You have to realize what the bigger battle is against. The bigger fight is not God. There is a bigger war, and the bigger war... It's not only for your soul, it's for your sanity. It's for your next generation. The Bible says you shall live and you shall not die. This is eternal life. People say, oh, you dead, you're going to be suffering. This, that is a lie. God's, for, uh, God's fruit for us is not to just be miserable and, 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 uh, and sad. and not, No, he wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to be happy and have joy. Job wasn't a poor man laying on the street homeless. Yes, the Bible says you to be humble and to be as like a child. It doesn't make a homeless person. It doesn't mean a person that is homeless on the street is, is being punished. It doesn't make you any better because you got millions or thousands and you're not. It's so many people. These are most of the rich people. The, the noble people don't make it to the kingdom of heaven because they so caught up on their money. They don't want to. They don't want to give it up because they they know if I if I go into this new walk, I'm not going to probably have none of this I got. I'm going to be struggling and bad stuff going to happen. And this is the this is the risk. But I'm going to tell you that risk is worth that risk is worth it. There's a deal for your soul. There is a constant fight even now, whoever you are. There is a fight now in the spirit for your soul. There is a fight now for what's going to happen your next generation. There is a fight that's happening now in the spirit that you cannot see. You don't see it. But it is there. So I'm encouraging you today. The decision you make, this decision, I made the decision 
again after rebelling and and selling God you know I don't know putting my hand up toward God really not just being just not me because I went through so much stuff but I knew he was there but I was quiet he was quiet during the test He, he didn't say nothing to me and I didn't hear him no more the way I used to hear him. When I was going through all the horrible stuff I was going through, I wasn't hearing him. And it's hard not hearing nobody and you calling out for help and you don't hear nothing. It's hard. But this is a bigger fight. So I'm gonna, I want you guys to think about that before you make the decision. Think about that. All right? So I'm going to get into prayer. I'm going to pray us out. Please leave me a voicemail. And I want to make, I want you guys to make a decision today. If you are someone who wants to give your life to Christ, or if you are someone who wants to rededicate your life to Christ, because you just walked away. I want you to put your hands up right now and say, Father God, restore me, restore my soul. Forgive me. For I am a sinner, but I have grace in you. Heal me, God. Heal me, Lord, and come into my heart, Jesus. And this time, let me be rooted. Let me trust in you and let me be faithful to know that you will never leave me no matter what I do. You will comfort me in my problems. You will give me solutions and you will be there for me until eternal. Thank you, Father God, for coming into my heart. Thank you for being for me for being able to trust me, accept me the way I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear God, I just thank you for this sermon today. I thank you for whoever was listening on here today, God. And God, I, we just pray that we continue to be rooted in you. We continue to trust in you, Lord, no matter what we are experiencing, because life is hard. God, I pray that you take us through this journey and you speak to us in this time and you reveal to us your will, what is in your will and what is not. And if if we are tested and we are experiencing hardships, Lord, let us have the strength to come through them, get through them and prosper through them. God, I thank you and I pray until we meet again, you, you just give us a peace in this time. And keep us in your wings. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I love you guys so much. Please continue to send me voicemails. Send me voicemails with your email so I can go ahead and answer your emails. And uh, I am praying for you guys. Be sure to just reach out to me, okay? And I will see you guys for next week's podcast. We are going into week three in the War of the Mind. Subscribe, like, and go ahead and share if you feel the need to. All right, you guys be blessed.